Thank you for tuning in to the Rescue Mission podcast, where we discuss real topics that affect real people. I'm your host, Jay, and I've got my co-host, Matt, with me today. Howdy. We've got two exciting guests today, and I'm just going to lay my cards on the table and say that I am a big fan of bare knuckle recovery. And so Murray made the connection. Murray from the 13th Step House made the connection to get you guys on the podcast. And so we were so stoked when it worked out and calendars lined up. Um, so we've got Sam and Zach. Zach, Sam, tell us who you guys are. Uh, yeah, my name is Zach Dawson. Um, I'm local to Fort Wayne, uh, born and raised here, grew up, um, went, lived on the north side of town, um, fell into the addiction scene in my, um, high school years. And then from there, uh, long progressing use and finally found recovery through, you know, Allen County, whether it be the jail systems treatment, it, it all took place. So. Yeah, and I'm uh, I'm Sam Helser, um, you know, born and raised in the Fort Wayne area. Uh, my story is a little different, but kind of similar in that, you know, I took a path outside of Allen County, um, and that's where I found alcohol and drugs. Um, you know, it, it eventually led me to get four OWIs, um, which led me into the court program, um, you know, but I was able to find treatment and, um, you know, serenity through the court system um, and eventually, you know, found recovery as well. So here I am. So for somebody that's tuned into this episode that has has no idea who you guys are, what you guys do, and you've got you've got a few different titles. What is it that you guys do? Yeah, so we are both community outreach coordinators for both Allendale Treatment, Fort Wayne Recovery, and also Bare Knuckle Recovery. Okay. So not only do we work for Bare Knuckle Recovery, but we work for treatment facilities as well. Okay. What is what does a day in the life look like for you guys? Um, you know, lots of phone calls. Okay. So, you know, our job consists of being able to help people. You know, my story um, starts with, you know, my mom trying to find treatment, um, you know, searching and searching and searching for hours, days on end, um, looking for treatment. Um, you know, so a lot of those calls that I get are mothers, fathers, grandparents looking for treatment for their children. Um, you know, some of the things that we do, we do interventions um, on any given day. You know, we can get that phone call, um, you know, get intervention started, um, being at the facility, talking to people, you know, just being able to get on a level where we can relate to individuals and say, hey, it's OK to feel these ways. Um, but, you know, let's talk about that. Um, it's not about what's wrong with you. It's what happened to you. So, yeah. yeah. And one of the biggest things for us is we are out in the community trying to make community partners, um, whether it be with the jail system, the court system, therapists, doctors, um, pretty much anybody that has anything to do with recovery. We're there to talk to them. So <laughs> when you say treatment, what, what is, what is treatment for somebody that just doesn't know? Well, treatment can be so many different things. Um, Typically, the word treatment is an inpatient, start at an inpatient facility and then move to an outpatient facility. Um, Everybody's aftercare is going to look different. Everybody's recovery is going to look different. Mm -hmm. You know, not one person is the same. An 18-year-old that lives at home with mom and dad who's never had a job, um, his recovery is going to look so much different from a 35-year-old with three kids that's married and has their own home Mm -hmm. and everything. So everybody's very individualized with treatment. Yeah, let me let me push at that a little bit. Yeah, um, we talk a lot about you know we talk a lot about recovery. We talk a lot about uh, you know wins and successes and all these things. What is a, what's a win look like for you guys, right? Because because what we're starting to see is that exactly what you just said, right? All of these things are gonna look a little bit different for each person. Yeah, right. Not everybody's gonna be in that sort of like cookie cutter 
you know, one, one solution fits all type of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, <clears throat> for me, I would say a win is just making that first phone call because that's so hard. Um, and that's where bare knuckle recovery was created from was because a lot of the times there's places that you'll call them and they'll say, sorry, can't help you. And they throw their hands up and hang up the phone. Mm. And that's that, you know, they don't give you any other resources to Mm. be able to connect you to something that will work for you. And that's where Sam was saying that, you know, his mom spent hours and hours and hours on the phone, just trying to find something for him. Um, But that's where bare knuckle recovery was connected, but just making that phone call. And sometimes, um, you know, people aren't always willing to take the suggestions. Um, AA and NA is all about suggestions. Hmm. That's a program of suggestions. And that's what we offer are suggestions. Like, hey, this, this is how it worked for me. I've seen this work for somebody else. Giving people just the resources to be able to yeah. make an informed decision. Um, and sometimes once that fails, they can call us back. It's not just a one and done type of thing. Recovery never stops. I love, I love that you said that, right? Yeah. yeah. Because that's a big deal. I think one of the things that we're trying, I, I say this, every, we say this every episode, okay. right? One of the things that we're trying to do with this podcast is, um, is to, to really create a, a, a relational ecosystem in Fort Wayne where, you know, people are going to, they're going to get caught by, by the spider web somewhere along the line. And if we're all connected up, then we can say, this is your best option and and you know come see these guys because we've talked to them and we trust them and we know you'll be in good hands and hopefully we you know greatly diminish those phone calls where people are like i can't help you i don't know yeah and that's the resource map yeah well yeah you mentioned that prior to hitting the record button could you tell us what resource mapping is yes so resource mapping is strictly finding resources so what we do is Say somebody contacts us that has a specific type of insurance that they're looking to get into treatment. Not every treatment facility takes the same insurance. So we work with tons of different treatment facilities in the state of Indiana, also in Illinois, Michigan, and Ohio, so all the surrounding areas, um, to find whatever best place works with their insurance. Um, some insurance is in network, some insurance is out of network. But being able to have those specific ramifications for people is very important to us. And another piece of that, um, you know, we, we spend a lot of our times in primary care offices as well as therapy offices. You know, that kind of goes along with that resource mapping. Um, You know, when people are coming into treatment or they're leaving treatment, a lot of the times they need to be set up with a therapist, a primary care physician. You know, when we, when we're in that cycle of addiction, um, you know, we're neglecting our bodies a lot of the times. Yeah. Um, so, you know, finding that recovery, getting set up with um, a primary care physician or doctor, family doctor, um, you know, getting some of that health stuff back. That's that's important, too. So, you know, we're out in the field finding these physicians, talking to them um, in hopes that we can refer people when they're done with treatment to those primary care physicians to get their needs taken care of. And. In recovery, there's all different types of resources. So, you know, you have faith-based recovery. You have um, just AA or NA having a good meeting to go to. Those are, you know, if somebody calls me and says, Zach, I need a therapist. Okay, what are you looking for in a therapist? So they can describe, you know, I want to bring faith into this. Oh, I have the perfect person for you to have a Mm faith-based therapist. 
So just having those connections yeah. and knowing what everybody is about. What if somebody calls and they don't have insurance? So we actually have a lot of resources for that as well. Okay. Um, there are tons of places, and most of the time we have lists, or we have a list of places, and we're say, okay, you know, here's the top of the list. I would start here. We know this place has worked with people, but if they can't, you know, we'll move you to the next list. Um, a big thing for us is actually being able to have those established connections to where I can call somebody instead of saying, hey, call this person, because a lot of the times mm. it's not realistic. <clears throat> that way I can call that said person and say, hey, can you call this person? They'll call them instead of making the, uh, the extra work for somebody. Yeah. So a, th a thought just came to mind and I'm going to, I'm going to hit out to left field a little bit. And this isn't something I've ever done on the podcast before. Blake's getting nervous over there as he's sitting uh -oh. and listening. <laughs> so we, before we hit record, we talked about enabling the difference between enabling and helping. So we can kind of just make this like a, like a case study or the example that we use in this, but I have a loved one that I wouldn't say is in recovery. He's sober. So he was living on his own. When COVID hit, he was terrified to leave his apartment. Started drinking a lot of vodka. Um, pretty much got to a point where he had spent all of his money on vodka and had to move back to live with family. Um, what we're finding now is that he's sober, but he started isolating himself. Um, he sleeps all day. He plays video games all night. He's, he's starting to miss therapy appointments. Um, when you get to that point where it's, you know, the goal isn't just sobriety with what we're doing, I would say collectively, but the goal is to see them on a road to recovery. As you guys said, you're both in recovery. That's the way I hear it described. How do you help somebody like that versus enabling them? Yeah. And, you know, let's not mistake, um, not drinking or not using substances for sobriety. Um, you know, there's, there's a, a key difference there. Um, you know, with sobriety, you're living your life to be a better person day by day. You're changing those habits. Um, and when you're not drinking, you're just not drinking or you're not using drugs. Um, so with the enabling part of that, um, it sounds like, you know, with that example, that person, you know, you relapse before you ever pick up a drink or you mm. ever pick up a, a substance. Um, this person particularly, it sounds like that is what they're going through. It's just, you know, a matter of time before they're picking up that substance or that drink. Um, so with enabling, you know, we just actually did our most recent podcast on Bare Knuckle um, is about enabling and how the family can help. Um, but just holding that person accountable, um, you know, not giving them money. if They need a safe place to live. You know, we're actually sitting in a, a building that's, you know, doing this podcast that's a safe place to live. Yeah. Um, just just being there for them, but not loving them to death. Because, you yeah. know, typically that's what we do is we end up loving them to death. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we end up showing up in ways that aren't helpful for them. You got to unpack that a little bit more. Loving someone to death. What, is, what does that mean? Ooh, I can start with that one. All right, hit it. Um, so everybody in your life should be exactly who they are. Your probation officer should be your pro probation mm. officer. Your mother should be your mother. Your best friend should be that. A doctor should be a doctor and nothing more. Your parents or your loved ones shouldn't be your therapist. They shouldn't be your counselor. They shouldn't be your probation officer. They shouldn't have to do your drug tests, anything like that. And when a parent tries to take all that on because they're going to keep them sober, mm. that never works. Because typically that drives a force apart. Um, I know for me, like my mom was one of the people that could just set me off instantly. Um, 
when I was in my active addiction, but that's because she was trying to hold me accountable. Mm. That wasn't her job to be able to hold me accountable. She was trying to hold on to every aspect. She was trying to keep me safe. And by keeping me safe, I knew I could manipulate that situation and say anything I wanted. Because if I were to say, hey, I just, I owe somebody $200. They're going to kill me if I don't take it. What's she going to do? She's going to try to keep me safe. She's going to love me so much to that. She's going to pay that. And I can keep getting away with that. Yeah. Loving someone to death. That's powerful. Yeah. So how do you, how do you break through that? Yeah. Like what, what kinds of things for the people who are listening? So the, the, the types of people we, I think, I think are listening (laughs) are people who are working in this arena Mm -hmm. that we work in and they're looking for better ways to do stuff, right? They, they want to know what kinds of things are other people doing that maybe we could tweak that, that help us or other people who, you know, like Jay was talking about, um, have a loved one and they're at their wits end because they don't know what else to do. And they don't know, they don't, they might not know how to not love, you know, their, their, you know, brother, daughter, uncle, you know, weird cousin, (laughs) whomever. (laughs) Uh, how do you, how do you, how do you get in there? So, um, you know, everybody has needs, right? Yeah. Um, so the first part of that is hearing what this person needs. Okay, I need, I need safety. Okay, well, let's plug you into the people who know how to get you safe. Um, we'll, and if you don't know where to start, start with bare knuckle. Um, let's plug you into, I need food. Okay, let's plug you into people who know how to get you food. Okay, I need shelter. Let's plug you into the people who know how to get you, that know how to get you shelter. Um, I need recovery. Let's plug you into the people that know how to get recovery that have been there before and who have done it. Um, that's not my task to take on as a parent. Um, but putting you into contact with people who have done that, who know how to do it. That's my task as a parent to guide you. Um, so yeah. Do you, do you find that you're working more with like the people who are reaching out on behalf of somebody Yes. or actually that somebody? Yeah. I would say it's like an 80, 20. Hey, my, my son is struggling. My my father's struggling. Um, But yeah, I would say it's about 80, 20 that we start with family members and then we to the individual who's actually struggling. Yeah. Yeah. And I I realized as we're talking about this, that we never asked you why it's called bare knuckle. So it originally started. um, So our two fearless leaders, Nate Mullering and Tommy Streeter, um, they are really big jacked up dudes. and it Same. was, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was, they fought for their lives through their recovery. So instead of the white knuckling, it's bare knuckle yeah. fight. You know, it's, it's yep. fighting for your life in your, recovery. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not going to be easy. No, no. it's not. Right. Recovery is not easy. You yeah. Know? And there's tons of resources out there that, um, you know, like treatment or for me, I had to get sober through jail. Um, there's hospitals, there's. There's a lot of different ways for people to get sober. That's the easy part. You know, if you go somewhere, they'll take care of everything for you. But staying sober is really, really hard. It's yeah. And really hard. Speaking of Nate, you know, he has a quote that, sa- that says, recovery is not for people who want it or need it. It's strictly for people who do it. Um, <laughs> doing it day okay. in, day out. Um, you know, you may need it, but if you're not doing it, that doesn't matter. You may want it. But, you know, you can want it the first five days, but that sixth day, that's when you have to just do it. You have to wake up every day and do it. Okay. 
right? Faithfulness to the, to the, you know, work the program as it were. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that type of thing. Cool. So we just had Keely from JCAP on the podcast. And so I'm, are you guys familiar with what's going on at JCAP? I Keely am. I'm actually solid. an instructor there. Excellent. Nice. So yeah. I would love to hear your take. You know, I don't think you went through JCAP, but you talked about sobriety through jail. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Well, so for me, it was, it was really tough. Um, cause I was put on drug court in 2018 here in Allen County, um, for possession of heroin, possession of a syringe. Um, and then while I was sitting in jail, I ended up getting theft charges. Um, and I didn't know how to get sober. That was the thing. Or if I did, I was too scared to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was put on drug court and for the first month and a half, I just kept using, they said, Zach, you got to stop using that's easier said than done for an addict like myself. <laughs> um, and when I was constantly trying to run away from myself, because I was in that vicious circle of, um, I was depressed because I was using, and I was using depre- because I was depressed, mm. I was just running from everything, including myself. Um, so it was a week before Christmas, and they ended up incarcerating me, and uh, that was the only way I was going to be able to get sober. It was honestly the only way. Because if I would have went to a treatment facility or anything like that, I would have ran. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've done treatment before, not here in Indiana, because my family knew if it was here in Indiana, I would have ran. Yeah. Um, so I went to a place in Michigan. Luckily, the only way that I stayed there was because they wouldn't come pick me up. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was really tough because after that I had to go to um, Park Center here in yeah. town. Um, you know, I didn't have any insurance. I'd lost my job. I had absolutely nothing. Hmm. Um, my wife is, has a, a nine month old at the time. And, um, even that couldn't keep me sober. Hmm. Hmm. What was it that shifted? Time, knowledge, because, you know, when I was in jail, it was just, it was all the same stuff. You know, I, I knew most of the people that were in there. So I was still making, uh, associations there. But then once I got out of jail, I had to go to park center. And when I was sitting at park center, there was a, a lady that like really took a liking to me because I was asking questions because mm. I was 28 at the time and I could not fathom the word recovery, mm. you know, forever, like forever. That's, that's the rest of my life. You know, uh, heroin's my drug of choice, but I can't smoke any weed. I can't drink a little alcohol, you know, anything. And she, she finally just slammed the book on the table and she said, Zach, you don't have to be sober. She said, you really don't. She said, you get to be sober. There's mm-hmm. a difference. And even then it didn't really make sense to me, but something that really resonates with me today is she said, you know, the rewards of sobriety is sobriety. Yeah. Mm. There's nothing more. There's nothing less. You're not all of a sudden going to be rich. You're not all of a sudden going to be successful. Um, not all of your family is going to just run back into your life because you have three days sober. None of that's going to happen. Mm. You have to work it. Um, and she was also the one who sat down with me and started reading the AA book. Mm. And uh, then from there, it moved on to um, a halfway house. And with that halfway house, I, I learned how to become a friend. Um, I learned how to laugh again, um, be somebody that I wasn't. Um, or that I was running from for so long. So after that, I had about uh, almost a year of sobriety. Hmm. 
And I don't know when the shift changed, but I do remember waking up one day and I'm like, man, I don't, I don't have the obsession to use anymore. Mm-hmm. Kind of just left. It's not, not yeah. steering your ship. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, you just, you just like lit off what, four or five different resources that you, that were crucial yeah. to getting you where you are. Right. So I suspect that, you know, not everybody's going to hit one resource and, and that's going to work. Correct. Right. And it's it, finding what works. For us. Right. Right. What's the, what's the big deal about the AA book? Let's say somebody's listening to this and they're like, it's, it's just a book. But you, you, Murray talked about it too. And you talked about how that she's, you, this woman sat with you and went through the book. For, what's the book first of all? And then why is it so impactful? Why has it stood the test of time? So the AA book is uh, a book written by alcoholics and people the exact same way as me. Okay. Um, so it's not like a textbook. No. Okay. Nope, it's just a, a big book. It's actually what it's called. The The nickname is The Big Book. Okay. Um, and it's a book of, you know, it has the 12 steps, the 12 traditions. Um, it has the doctor's, uh, you know, perspective on things. Hmm. Um, and it has stories of people who have made it through recovery. Um, and I, I, I didn't understand that. Reading it on my own, I did not understand it. Hmm. Um, you know, it was written in the 1930s, so a lot of yeah. weird ways that it was speaking. So she actually, that's when she sat down. And instead of just being like, read this whole book, she would go to like her favorite stuff. And, uh, you know, the I don't know if you guys have ever read the book, but there's a chapter in there that's called the acceptance chapter. Hmm. Um, and one paragraph, it's on page 417. Um, it says, you know, just to sum it up, you know, acceptance is the key to all my problems today. When I find something that is disturbing to me, um, it's not what I find disturbing to me. It's, it should be exactly how it is. Hmm. If I find something disturbing, it's because of yeah. It's not disturbing to me. It's because of it. So that's what I need to fix. Um, and that taught me so much. You know, the, the big book has, it's just everything for an addict or an yeah. alcoholic. So. So we should read it. Have you read it? I have not. So Matt and I both started out in emergency services here at the rescue mission. So we we were both working with the guys that are coming in off the streets. So we bring that aspect into the podcast as well of, you know, we worked with a lot of these guys that have, that have gotten treatment. Um, And I I heard somebody yesterday said that everybody should work in retail before they die. And I said, I'm going (laughs) to counter that and say like, everybody should work with the homeless before they die because it's people will, will travel across the world to experience things that are also happening in downtown Fort Wayne. Yeah. 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 And the thing about AA in NA is it's also a safe place. You know, Sam was talking about that earlier. It's a safe place. You know, you don't, I've seen people absolutely drunk there, but they're there for a reason. Interesting. And nobody's just going to kick them out or, you know, I mean, if they're a disruption, of course, we're going to take them to the side and everything, but, um, They'll be encouraged to keep coming back. That's Correct. one of the, the phrases the AA use. Keep coming back no matter what. Just keep coming back. Yeah, and I mean, it's viral, right? Yeah. It's, it's everywhere. You yeah. can't keep it unless you're willing to give it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, well, I mean, everywhere you go, you're either, there's, there's a meeting somewhere. Yeah. You know? I'm, I'm almost five years sober, and I still go to AA. And I, I know a guy who's just got, I think he got his 19-year chip. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he still goes to meetings. Yep. Right? You Why have, do you keep going? Because it works. What works? AA. Yeah, like what about it? The principles, okay. the steps. Um, you know, it, it's a 12-step it's a program. Okay. 
but uh, the great thing about that is, is you don't have to ever stop working. I've done the steps three or four times already. And you yeah. keep going through them. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. So if somebody wants to keep up with you guys, what you guys are doing, whether it be with Allendale, Fort Wayne Recovery, Bare Knuckle, how can people keep up with what you guys are doing and offer support? Um, the easiest way is to find us on Facebook, um, Bare Knuckle Recovery. Just search Bare Knuckle Recovery. Um, there you can message us, follow our page. Um, you can post on our page, um, comment. Um, and that's a good way to get in direct con- contact with uh, Zach, myself, Tommy, Nate, Jamie, Nathan, um, Andrew. Any of us, you know, we're, we're open and willing to chat. So, Do you guys help people, let's say, in Indiana that are outside of the Fort Wayne area? Absolutely. Do you connect with resources? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. That's amazing. A lot of our team, uh, we have people from South Bend, Warsaw, um, Elkhart, Goshen. Is it Goshen? Goshen. Yep, Goshen. Roanoke, Fort Wayne. Um, Huntington, uh, Wabash, yeah. Marion. Um, pretty much anywhere from South Bend down to Indianapolis. Okay. Um, and anywhere else we're willing to assist. So, yeah. okay. And the cool thing about bare knuckle recovery, it's like if you send us a message, it's one of us that's actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One, one last quick question. What, is there something you would say that, that is some of the best resources around and are, what is the thing that's most glaringly lacking Ooh. around mm-hmm. Fort Wayne? Um, so I feel like I just have to say this, um, you know, when you're going into a resource, whether that be a therapy office, a treatment center, just make sure you do your research, um, ask somebody who's been there or has worked there, um, you know, and ask people in the community, um, you know, something I, w- I would say that Fort Wayne, you know, we're not really missing anything. You know, we've, we've hit the nail pretty, pretty strong on the head. You know, we have a lot of our bases covered. Um, but if there is something that you need and you don't see that we have that in this area, just ask one of us and we'll, we'll be able to find you, find that for you. Um, you know, in terms of best, everything's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's a best answer for everybody. Um, you know, like Zach was talking about, my recovery is not going to look the same as Zach's. Um, so if you need something that's a little bit more heavy on the group side, um, or if you need something that's a little more heavy on the individual side, you need a sober living that's going to hold you accountable to a T or you need a little, a little more lax, um, you know, we can find that for you and we can help you find that. I realized I just asked you a question and when it came out of my mouth, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's open-ended. <laughs> well, I know it's open-ended, but it's also like, it's a question that wanted you guys to give us a, the silver bullet. Right. What's the best, what's the best program? And then do all that. No, I, I, and so I guess in a good way, we were like, no, it takes an ecosystem of, of care and, and connections. And that's one of the things that we keep coming back to. Yeah. And the really cool thing about Fort Wayne is like, everybody is connected. It's Mm -hmm. not just bare knuckle recovery. It's not Allendale or Fort Wayne recovery. It's everybody in the recovery community comes together to find the best solution. Good. Good. Well, we're so glad that you guys have been on and, and we'd love to keep in touch with you and absolutely let us know how we can help you guys and we'll do the same, right? Thank you so much. Thank right. you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for coming on, guys. If you enjoyed this episode of the Rescue Mission Podcast, we ask you to consider leaving a review, subscribing, following whatever platform you're on. We'd love to have you keep up with us and what's going on with the Rescue Mission Podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>